everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Today we're talking to Eric. I'm going to pass over to Jeremy who's going to introduce him properly and talk about how we heard about Eric and a little bit about his background and his story. Um, we really hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure that you, I don't know, share it with somebody. Why not? <laughs> Jeremy, over to you. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, thank you Eric for being with us today. Uh, I really appreciate you for being on the show. Uh, so just a quick intro to explain to the audience how we connected. Um, I received an email, uh, actually it was a, a, a Facebook message, uh, from one of your friend, uh, Jason, who told me, uh, my friend Eric, uh, is trying to be on 23 episodes before the end of the year, uh, podcast, radio show, whatever. Uh, would you be interested in having him as a guest? And he sent me like a link to your website, to your company's mm-hmm. website. I clicked and I read the about me uh, page. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's bring it in. So I, I, I think I've sent you an email and, and then we made it happen. <laughs> so yeah. thank you for, for being on the show with us today. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, and I'm really excited for you to share your, your story with us and we are with our listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's great, you know. It's great to be here too. We've been corresponding on Facebook, and here we are. You know, we put us up to the schedule, and now it's gonna happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna do like a quick intro, but I will let you uh, go into much detail, obviously uh, yourself. Um, but the reason you decided to do those 23 recordings is because in September, you. I don't know if that's the right word, but you. Uh, I was going to say celebrated, but it's not really a celebration. But I mean, in a sense, it is because you're still here. So, right. um, 23 years ago in September, uh, you got shot in the neck, uh, mm-hmm. in the back, and since then you have been paralyzed uh, from the neck down. Correct. Um, so it's been 23 years old. Uh, 23 years last September, and you decided yeah. to celebrate those 23 years of living since the accident to do 23 recording yeah by the end uh, of the year yeah yeah by the end Wanted of the year to make so. something positive you know like you said it's a celebration it is it's a celebration of life 23 years you know life after injury hmm. you know so yeah i was like let's i'm just gonna do it oh. i just said i'm just gonna do it I, I was like what am i gonna do this year you know <laughs> and i was just like i can make it i can do it I know that I started like right before September 20th, but I just went on all the, the groups, you know, Facebook groups, like the podcast booking groups and, you know, and my friend Joe Pardo and just like, Hey, like, this is the, you know, this is what it is. And you got that link with the, the image that said, help me get to 23, you know, and it just, and you've done everybody's it. yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's great. I mean, uh, the thing is, is almost at the last minute. Yeah. Like no, you know what I mean? Like I didn't do it last week. It's like tomorrow is New Year's Eve. Like, yeah. like yeah, this whoa. episode is gonna go live in January, but yeah, today it's the thirtieth of December, so we are literally making it just in time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I started like uh, I'm not gonna say desperation came in, but I, I, I was, I was on Instagram, Facebook, like, hey, I'm at like four more. I need help, like. Somebody, I was like telling my friend, he's like, I don't have a show. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just, just go Facebook live. Just go Facebook live. You're a person. Just interview me. Ask what you want to ask me. It's considered. There's no rules of what I said. I said being interviewed by 23 different, you know, shows or people. Yeah. 
That's the so, beauty of, of social media, right? How you can connect to random people anywhere in the world uh, that you've never met before or anything. And you, you post something to reach out, to ask for help, for support. And you have people just commenting and say, yeah, I can connect you to XYZ and, and make it happen. That's the beauty, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. And it, it shot over, you know, all over the world too. That's the thing. And then yeah. all you have to do is click share. Someone yeah. shares and says, hey, can you help this with share or inbox share? And then, you know, like that last hope, like that last, that last, like, who are like, hey, I'm out here. I got to reach this goal. Like, I'm, I got to, you know, I did. <laughs> Everybody this all of a sudden was like, hey, hey, hey. And now I bet you by tomorrow night, new, you know, by the new year, there'll be, I'll probably be like at 28, 27, 28. Beautiful. Because I did three today. This is the third one today. I have one at eight o'clock too. So four in one day is a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I have one tomorrow at twelve o'clock, and then one for New Year's Eve. So that's what I'm saying. I think I'm above and beyond the goal I said before. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. Going to go above and beyond. And then uh, for 2021, I'm going to continue doing interviews but i'm also going to ask the person when will this come out so that that way that person that person that i'm getting interviewed with their show we can collaborate and i can help promote their show and build right. their audience yeah. and you know that way they say so if i'm like if i did we're gonna do the interview on tuesday and they say it's gonna come out this time then i'll know when to schedule yeah another interview i don't want that way when i share it that interview is going to get all the attention all week on my social media. Yeah. And I'm going to be able to promote it, tell everybody to share it, go to their social media, you know, subscribe to it, listen to it, all that stuff. Help them out, you know? Yeah. Make, but if you have like four or five in one week, then you're <laughs> like, so, but that was because I had to get to 23. Yeah. This is different. This isn't like a goal of getting to 23. I'm just going to pace it, but pace it to where I'm also, uh, value, you know, helping them too. Yeah. So I can help the person that's doing, you know, doing the podcast or the TV show. So cool. that'll be my question. Like, okay, when do you think it will air? And and I'll explain why I need to, why I want to know because I want to, I want to help promote. I just don't yeah. want to do the show. I want to, I want to help. You know, I want to help grow your yeah, your business. Yeah, it's all about helping each other out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, right. So if we. Uh... If we dive into your your story again, uh, we we have a lot of questions um, okay. about everything you you've been through uh, since the accident, uh, and not just about the, the accident. Actually, even like everything you've been doing uh, since then, because you've been doing a lot of things. <laughs> You're a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, can you give us like a quick, uh, just quickly, like? Tell us exactly like how how the accident happened. Well, um, I'm a hip hop artist. I mean, I'm a hip hop artist amongst other things. But um, I was celebrating my um, my group's music project. My group was called Miscellaneous, and we celebrated at the house that we lived in. So I was in the house, and I went outside to check the parking lot, making sure like people weren't in my neighbor's yard. Everything was just cool. I was coming back to the house, right on the steps. I was talking to my uh, girlfriend at that time. And then someone came around the DJ van on the left side and pulled the gun, pow, 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 pow. Now, when you hear, like, you know, someone shooting from behind you like that, your body automatically into this, like, spins, like, the turn. 
So I think mm -hmm. when I went to like that, that's how the bullet went into the neck and then up or down. Yeah, it went down, I think. No, it went up. And it's like vertical between my third and fourth vertebrae, right by my throat, actually, because it lumps up sometimes when I eat like tough meat or something like that. You know, mm. yeah, sometimes it tickles my throat too. But then, so when that happened, another one, we think, grazed the back of my head when I spun like that, because there's a little part on the back of my head that's raised, looks like a, like a, a line that we're drawn across. Right. And from there, I fell down on this mat and then, uh, you know, I had no, the, I didn't have any ability to, to move anything, you know, my body at all, or able to say, I need help, or I'm alive, or, you know, anything I wasn't able to call out. I wasn't able, and then I wasn't able to breathe, you know, so I was struggling to breathe, breathe on my own, just trying to survive. So, do you know, that, oh. sorry, do you know who it was that did that? No, there was no real investigation. So, we don't know, like, if it was one person or two people. Um, there was a detective that was on the case, but it wasn't like here, I'm going to go question all these people. I don't even have a police report. I have an incident report that basically says like it happened and who are the officers that were on scene, mm. you know, but that's it. It's like one page, but not a full fledged police report where like you actually put in work and said, we're yeah. going to question this person at the party. We're going to question this person at the hospital. Yeah. Wow. Nothing. And did other people got injured or you were the, the, the only one who, who got injured? Well, supposedly there was another person that got grazed in the side that was by me. So, but they said, don't really ever talk about it. Like it was like completely hushed. They're like, oh, don't say anything. Like from the very time. So I don't know what that means. Mm. Yeah. And that per, they actually had someone drive them to the hospital. Like, you know, they was like, so. I'm not really understanding all that. Like, why do we have to keep this so secretive of this? Or like, it never happened. Actually, they said, act like it never happened. Like, wow. So we wow. just don't talk about it. So we just never bring it up. But, you know, I'm an honest person. You asked me the question, so I answer with honesty. Yeah, yeah. It's I good. try to be truthful. You know, I don't yeah. like to. But, yeah, it's always been. Wow. A, it's, I'm not sure why. Hmm. I, I really don't. And um, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why the investigation was the way it was, you know? Like, it, like it's almost like a conspiracy. If I heard someone yeah. telling me this yeah. story. Yeah, it's dodgy, like, yeah. <laughs> right, you're like, what are you saying? It's like, what do you mean they didn't investigate? Or there's this, they then like you go to the police station after you get out of rehab and then they stop you before you go going up to see the detective or going to see the internal affairs to like, Right, report, you know, make a report on the detective of what's going on. And then they're just like, just get over it. Just move on. You're like, what is this? Like, how are you trying mm. to turn me? I don't, I don't even consider like being a victim, like being shot as a victim, like, cause I sur I'm a survivor, a thriver, yeah. you know, but it's like the, the police almost made it turn. Like I did something wrong. Like I'm yes. the one that did the wrong. Like, this sounds like the introduction to like a Netflix crime series <laughs> where they're going to find out that the cops did something and I don't like. Yeah, like did they know? Did they know who did it? Yeah. Is this right? That's what I'm saying. Like in those, it's like, so you just have to just kind of you know move on because uh, you know trying to, to that's going to bother that's going to bother like your mind's just going to go nonstop racing trying to figure out why. 
who, what, this, you know. Yeah. You know, so it's like, no, you got to move on and you got to focus on you. You know, get better. I had to survive, you know. Yeah. I had to survive. But it's interesting you say that because um, I, I was going to ask you about that. Because like, usually I feel not knowing is more painful than knowing in a sense that, you know, like, it, the unknown is always scary. It's always troubling because yeah. you you always wonder. You're left into this dark area, and and you just never know. And you make up stories in your head, and and you have those thoughts and everything. When at least when you know, you know, you know. Even if it's not a good news or whatever, but when you know, you know, and you can move on. But m moving on when when you're left into this unknown, it's really hard. It's not easy. Yeah, when I was in rehab, I basically just gave forgiveness and shut that door. Not shut yeah. that door, suppressing it. Cut my, as I say, like an anchor to my ship. I cut that cord and sailed my ship. Left that behind. So it's never been able to affect me. You yeah. know, all it's done, in fact, all it's done is empower me. Hmm. It intensified what already was within, you know. Like whatever, what happened is brought out what was already in me. Right. More instead of like anger and bitter and all this, better came out. I'm not saying wow. that you had to get shot to be better, yeah. but it, <laughs> but I was able to turn things around and go that direction and leave what happened behind. You still share the story. You still tell. You know, you always tell it. Yeah. But it has when it comes up to September twentieth. Now it might cross my mind like oh i remember what i was doing today today mm -hmm. you know i was getting my clothes together getting my hair cut getting ready for the big party then you're like ah, oh, i remember that man but that's it like you don't go mm -hmm. oh you know you're you're not sad you're not this because you're surviving you know you survived it and here you are 23 years later you're like whoa <laughs> i remember when it was like two years i was like man that was two years ago and now it's 23 years yeah, yeah. blows your mind yeah you know you're like how did i serve like here we are i'm 43 now i was 20. wow wow i was 20. you know when i passed the mark the the, the milestone of uh 20 and 20 when i turned 40 or when i when it's september 20th came yeah 20 years walking and moving around and then 20 years after injury mm. that was like this weird kind of like I've lived 20 years before this life and now 20 years live life after the injury. And I was like, wow. And I got shot on the 20th. Yeah. I came home on the 20th. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Shot in the fall, come home the day before spring. Wow. How, yeah. how long, how long did it take you to, um, cause I mean, obviously, I mean, now you're saying that you, You've been able to forgive you you've been able to move on um yeah. but i guess that was a long process it, it wasn't like an overnight um thing how long did it take actually to to find the strength and to decide to move on because you know you, you you can i feel like you can go two route when that happened you can go on a bad on a, on a bad path and you can be depressed you can be angry at the world you can blame yeah. everyone and 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 you know like be hungry be resentful uh you can i don't know try to hurt yourself even i don't know you can go like in a really bad area or you can use it as like to fuel whatever is 
is in you and 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 mm-hmm. and do something even greater and that's what you did but how long did, did it take you to shift from i would say a victim mindset to a, a survivor i'm gonna use that mindset well you know when this when, when i first got shadow it's like i felt unfinished like i had more to accomplish on this earth like so i was like i just gotta hold on i gotta you know i want to survive i want to live and so when i was in the hospital like the goal that it became was survival like right now not worried about who did it not worried about like if we like should we get an attorney? I'm like, oh, for what? What are we going to get an attorney for? And I'm not able to talk either at that time. So I'm only able to communicate with my eye blanks. And when they took the tubes out of my mouth and put them in my throat for a trachea, because it's a ventilator that I, that I communicated with, tongue clicks in my mouth. I can move my mouth and you could read my lips. So, but survival was, that was the goal. So we're, everything 100% survival. Survival, like staying awake as much as I could that they had to put things in my IV just to, <laughs> to knock me out because I was trying to survive. Like I felt like I needed to be awake too, not sleep. Yeah. Were you scared you know? to go to sleep because you think you would not wake up? Um, that's a good question. Good question. Um, maybe, yeah, you're right. Possibly. Is that that possibly could have been going through my mind mm. a little bit. The other thing though was when I slept, um, Every dream turned into a nightmare mm-hmm. for like three weeks, mm. three weeks. It'd be like a dream. Then all of a sudden there it is again. <laughs> like, so that was, that maybe that's the trauma. Yeah. Maybe that's what they call post-traumatic trauma, maybe Yeah. PTSD or something like that, or, you know, something, yeah. um, but I, I don't know if it was like, if I went to sleep. I go to sleep I'm not gonna wake up or something like I think it was like I need to stay awake to survive mm. but I don't know if it was like I fall asleep I maybe it's not fall asleep because I won't wake up fall asleep because I'm not fighting while I sleep right got it I get yeah I get you know I yeah. it's kind of like you're fighting and then you're like give up and so sleep is kind of like the give up stage you know the because you're not wake you die yeah i'll i'll do whatever you know move my eyes you know my mind all that stuff so i, I think it was well, on that level having, i guess as well if you're having really awful nightmares yeah. you're not really going to want to go to sleep and relive it every night so i guess that's probably something as well yeah i'm sure that some of that had a, a, a role to play too mm. but you know the other thing is is like when you it's weird though but when you went to sleep and then you woke up, that whole day started all over again. Mm. You know, people coming to the room, hospital food, same TV, things on TV, yeah. you know, kind of like Groundhog's Day yeah. a little bit, you know. Mm. But you wanted, I don't know if you, like, it's almost like you wanted the day just to continue and not sleep, yeah. you know. But at some point in time, you know, it's getting 10 o'clock or five o'clock, six o'clock, family's not going to be there. They're going to be going home or whatever it is. And then you're going to be there by yourself with, you know, someone that's at the hospital and you're not able to yell. You're not able to communicate at all. In fact, I'm not able to move. They had all these call balls. They had a call ball, like a tennis ball thing that hung from a string and I had to hit it with my tongue. And that's how I would call the nurse's station. 
And how long? So you've been in the hospital for six months, right? From September uh, to March, if it was spring. Yeah, hospital was September to October 29th. And then I went to rehab in Craig right. Hospital in Inglewood, Colorado. And that was like boot camp, you know, rehab boot camp. Hmm. Yeah. And so, how long did it take you to be able to communicate with your voice again? Ooh, months, months, yeah. You know, uh, maybe it was like three or four months. Uh, oh, wow. When I was at Craig Hospital, that's where they start weaning you off the ventilator. So basically the respiratory therapist comes and turns the vent off. It's still in your throat, the trach, but they just turn the machine off the big box that breathes for you for like 30 seconds. Then they turn it back on, they come back again. Then they do a minute and then they turn that back on. They come back again later on. They do a minute and 30. So that's like 30 minute, 30 second increments or yeah, 30 second increments. Yeah. That's what they call weaning. And sometimes you do really good and sometimes you fail, but you just got to stick with it, you know? By the time I got to Craig Hospital, I was surviving. So the goal was to get out the ventilator. Hmm. And that's why we were there. That was the number one goal to breathe again without a machine. And then um, once you start building that strength, they let this thing, it's called a cuff. And it's still in the trach. It must be like what the air surrounds around the vocal cords. or, And that's where you can, hello, <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. And then that's where yeah. you start bringing your voice out. Okay. And then you're then before you know it, it's 10 hours, or you're going five, six hours without the ventilator on. You got it hooked up to the trach and everything, and just the machine shut off, and you're able to finally talk really low, you know, I, you know, stuff like that. So mm. you're just rebuilding it. Like, so mm. the way that you shrug your neck, and then somehow that's creating new muscle around your diaphragm and mm. pulling. So, you know, so you're basically breathing from your neck and your, you know, your almost your shoulders. Right. Mm. And who like was, I can who, shrug a little bit now, but not, you know, not much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. Who was with you during this whole period of time, hospital and rehab? You had like your, your friends, family. Oh, I, my mom and dad are divorced. They got divorced when I was two, but they're both remarried. So I had my mom, my stepdad, my dad, and my stepmom. Mm -hmm. And then my little sister, I think at that time was five. Wow. And then of course, you know, stepbrothers, stepsisters, friends, uh, aunts, uncles, you know, things like that. Uh, lots of people came to the hospital, it was packed. But when I went to rehab, uh, I went with my mom and my grandma. Hmm. So, and it was out in Colorado. So we're leaving Michigan, we're going to Colorado. Right. And then I was out there. And then when they went back, somebody already scheduled time to come out there. So it was like, okay, you guys are going to be out there. When you guys come back, we're going to go visit for a week. Then when we come back, this person, you know, so they tried to make it where I wasn't alone, alone out yeah. in rehab. There were some, like, some points or some days or some weeks that I think that there was nobody there yet because they were traveling like by train or something you know <laughs> but yeah at that time i think it was my girlfriend at the time my mom my grandma my aunts my uncle um i'm trying to think well even that is amazing that you had that many people around you supporting you and like making the effort to go there and travel to come and see you and things yeah that's the reason yeah. i was asking because i feel like this is you can't 
you, there is so much you can do by yourself, but having people yeah. around you, obviously, it's it's key. I think to to well, to yeah, they're you. there, they're there, getting comfortable with what's going on. They're learning from the doctors and the nurses. Mm. They're about my care, and I'm teaching them how my care is. They're seeing all the different things: physical, occupational therapy, bait, like how you're, you know, taking care of in the morning and night care, uh, bladder and bowel how that's handled, you know, emptying the leg bag, all that stuff. Um, they're learning also and getting comfortable and then also learning the wheelchair. So that's the other thing. So you're also training people that's going to be in your circle when you also get out. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I, 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 I didn't think about that before, but yeah, now, now you're saying it's obvious. Yeah, like you, I mean, you had a lot of work to do you to in terms of rehab, but also your, your entire family and everything, they had to learn so many things to, yeah. yeah, that's true. Like we're not familiar to all that. Like, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, when the shooting happened, it wasn't, it didn't just affect my life. It affected everybody's. Yeah. It's like a rock going into calm water and seeing the ripples. Mm. That's what happened. Everybody's so life questions. was affected. <laughs> Um, can I ask you about food? So do you eat or do you have a feeding tube? Yeah, do you taste nope, food? Nope, do you I, drink? I eat and I drink. I, I, I eat. I'm a foodie. I love okay. food. <laughs> Yesterday was Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I make I make songs about food. Jingles when I, I'm, I'm an emotional eater. Not like I'm not emotionally like I'm sad. I need to eat. Like I just think about the feeling of eating some chicken kebabs or some vegetables or some chicken shawarma or some lentil soup or some taco Tuesday or chicken wings Thursday or you know what I mean like I'm like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah about to eat eat some chicken or <laughs> you know about to eat you know I just sit there and I make up a, you know and I used I, before my injury I I appreciated it and food was definitely enjoyment but when you don't when you uh when you live life that you weren't able to eat food hmm. and you're able to yeah. eat again, man, you yeah. appreciate it. Like immense. Hmm. And it's always a joyful experience. Even when it's bad, then, you know, you <laughs> might get some bad, like that and not go. I, I like to put things together too. I'm like concoctions and, you know, ch like, you know, I'm an experimental person. So I'm like, I'm going to try that. And then I'll try it. And I'll be like, Oh, that was nothing. Like I thought it was going to be, <laughs> <laughs> that was a fail. <laughs> So, so can yeah. I ask about um, you don't have to answer. Can I ask about bowel movements? Like you said, you had to teach your family. I've never known anybody in your situation, so I have no idea how what happens, what they have to do, what you have to do. Like I literally have no idea. If you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Oh, and the funny thing is too. So, so I'm in the hospital room, right? Now I'm, I got the oh, I forgot. I got four screws in my head too. I got a halo, so I got this thing to stabilize my spine, like a bird cage. All I can do is move my eyes and I got these tubes coming up my mouth and then wow. of course then eventually my throat. But so um, I get turned over on my side, you know, then I'm there. I remember them talking about bowel program and stuff. So I'm just on my side and I got the screws drilling into my head, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like almost like I got Christmas goose, you know. So basically the 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 um the uh, the nurse, you know, the person that's taking care of me, mm -hmm. I think that was like a spray animal at that time. But there's also suppositories 
So what they did, I think they cut the tip of the, like the little balloon and then they spray the enema up your rectum. And mm. that causes, or that um, stimulates the bowel walls. It's called peristalsis. Per, oh man. Peristalsis. Parasomething. Peristalsis. Yeah, basically it's the movement of the walls to bring the bowels down. Okay. It's, and it's like an enema. It's like, it's like a mini enema, but it's in a little balloon. Spray it. Okay. Now I'm laying there. Now I can smell it. I'm like, what in the heck? What is that smell? This is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible. And I got this like little spray bottle thing. So you see them starting to spray, right? So I'm like, okay. I still don't know. The the magic surprise is about to happen to me soon. <laughs> so, well, I got ghosts first. So you remember they had to spray the thing up. So they had to, you know, you know, put things by my butt. And I'm like, okay. Then all of a sudden, like it's like 30 minutes later, the person goes behind me. And then I'm like, um, then all of a sudden I feel like this pressure going up. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what the heck? What is that? <laughs> so what they do is they have to take their finger and stimulate your, your, um, mm. your, uh, it's called dilling, but it's your rectal area. Oh. So yeah, so a person has to stick their finger up me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't and I was, job. And I was like, <laughs> it's 97. This is as far as we've came in this world. Yeah. And I got to have someone. And, and, and like, I thought it was just now. But when they started telling me, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. They're, they're right. 23 years later, I just had my bowel program last night. <sighs> Same way. Except really? we use a, a magic bullet. It's a suppository. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, you try to go yourself, too. You know, you try to like remember the muscles and things like that so you, you come up with these different techniques but um yeah i mean i and i still think about it like 23 years i've been like this is like this, and it's like almost like the way it's the way of life you know yeah and the thing is is you like you time it too so i did my bowel program yesterday at Nine o'clock? Yesterday was Tuesday. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. Nine o'clock or somewhere around there, right? Right. I think I was done around 1130 because it takes us a while. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it wipes you out. You know what I mean? And then um, I'll do it tomorrow night, you know, at uh, whatever the time is that I start. Yeah. So we do it like every other night. Okay. Yeah. How um, – I'm really not knowledgeable about that. Um you could not move, but can you feel if people touch your, your body or not? Yeah, well, you got like face, highly sensitive. My chest, super sensitive. My legs, you can feel some touch. And then sometimes there's more sensitive areas. But then sometimes it might not be that way the same day. So it's not consistent. Oh. Spasms aren't consistent. Uh, feelings not consistent. And then you feel in, internal, like, oh, my stomach's growling. Oh, I'm going to be sick. Mm. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I got I got gas or, you know, oh, my bladder's spazzing. My, the tube, I got a catheter that's right below my belly button called mm. the super pubic catheter. So it's like, it's right, right below the belly button. It sticks in there and it gets changed every two weeks. And then that, that tube drains into another tube into a bag. And that's mm-hmm. how, so. Basically, your bladder fills up with with uh, liquid, 
and then it, the, the overflow goes into the catheter and into the bag. Right. That's how it goes. But you can feel like when your bladder is trying to push it out and you're like, oh man, then your butt from sitting, you're like, oh, then your booty starts hurting and then your back starts hurting, then your neck and this all this stuff's happening throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But you, it's hard not to focus on it, but if you keep focusing on it, it's just going to block you from everything you want to enjoy. Mm. You know what I mean? And then some, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, and not to mention the temperature. My temperature is all over the place. I could be 105. I could be 100. I could be 98. I could be, you know, from one minute to the next minute. Wow. Half of my body could be cold. Half of my body could be hot. Half of me is could that... be sweating. Half of me could be dry. Is that normal with other people? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, everybody's different. Everybody handles yeah. it different. But yeah, your 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 ability to control temperature is just not there, especially on your level. Depends on your level of injury too. I'm pretty high level. Yeah. So, so someone that maybe is a that's paralyzed from the waist down, they probably might be able to control it a little better. Right. Yeah. Um. So obviously, this shooting affected your physical abilities and everything that happened there but yeah. how did it affect things like friendships and obviously work and home and car and you know it must have affected like the your whole life all the plans you had for the future i guess yeah uh yeah i mean you know hip-hop artists going to school for photography mm-hmm. if the hip-hop didn't work i was going to go for t- photography for like doing like concerts and stuff like that i wanted to take pictures at like hip-hop concerts and stuff be like mm-hmm. a tour touring photographer that got you know, derailed. So basically I just went back to school when I got home from rehab and went back to college and just absorbed everything. Just took whatever I could take, you know, mm-hmm. and then learning my resources, being able, and then I started hiring my own people to take care of me. So my life became a business. And then I was like, well, what, how do I become self-sufficient? Like, how do I work? And at that same time, like also a lot of the friends that were around weren't around as much. You know, mm-hmm. some of them were, some of them couldn't handle it. Some of them could, some of them just didn't run around. But we also didn't have the MySpace and the Facebook and the yeah. the internet. Like if it happened at these times, it would be a lot easier to be able to yeah. connect with people. You yeah, know? like FaceTime and Zoom and all the rest of it. Like We didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah. So the only way a friend would be able to come over was either they drove or they didn't drive. <laughs> You know, they had to get, you know, someone had to drop them off or something like that. Mm. You know what I mean? It was by vehicle, especially, or if it's like public transportation, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, it really, I had some friends that would come around, you know, and then once I started getting out my shell and then getting and going to the clubs, <laughs> then I was able to like build out of control. Then the social social life really blew up getting out there going to the clubs and then they then like learning social life people learning about me then friends would just come over and pick me up in my van once i had a van you know things like that they knew that Mm. they had to feed me they had to empty my bag you know all those things Mm. they didn't have to you know bathe me and things like that but they knew at least if they picked me up the responsibility is i have to eat somehow i have to drink somehow I might need my eye wiped. I might need my foot adjusted or my arm adjusted on the trough, the wheelchair trough. And that's, you know, as long as I could direct them and they were comfortable with it or willing to learn, then it was all good. Yeah. So 
now off we went yeah I guess something like that kind of shows you who your true friends are as well like people who actually want to stick around and help you out or the ones that are just not yeah well yeah you figure out who like the entourage was Mm. you know when you go from this big group of people to you know four four five ten people or something you know so same thing with family too you know certain family came around and then certain family you just they just they just did you know it's just everybody was trying to find their way and I understand that they're not able to deal with it or if they have anger about it themselves like you know that's so so be that you know I understand that yeah some people just are not able to deal with that situation yeah how uh psych on on a psychological level um I guess you went through phases right I mean you didn't just I mean so you went through a phase of like I need to survive. That was step one because you, yeah. you wanted to live. Um, but I guess it's been ups and down. Uh, like I, I've got like, I feel weird to ask you that, but I feel like, I, I mean, if you don't want to answer, so, but I, I wonder like, do you, do you miss, uh, you know, like walking and stuff like that? I know it's a really strange question, um, but you, obviously you, you had 20 years of, of, doing everything that you did uh and suddenly it's taken away from you um yeah. i mean now it's been 23 years but at the beginning especially like did you how how, how did you feel about that yeah i mean I, for, for sure you always uh you miss you know the way that you moved and where you you operated where you moved every daily function you you miss uh going and taking a shower by yourself mm. and singing in it getting that me time you know, or jumping in your car and driving with nobody there and turning on the radio and hollering and la la, you know, and this is me. I'm in my car and driving to my place and I'll talk to myself and make up songs and poems and, and, and make up jingles from a commercial I heard. Oh, you know, like all that, 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 that time you miss those things. Um, you miss like, how it was easier access to do a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you'd still, it's still possible. It just takes, it's just different. You know, you do it in different ways and stuff like that. Like I used to be able to just jump in bed, you know, like, Oh, I'm just going to lay down. Mm-hmm. Now it's like a task, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, to get to bed, I gotta, you know, the caregiver's got to leave me over, take my shirt off, put the sling under me, put that up under my thighs get the, the lift and then it's a Hoyer lift and then strap the Hoyer lift, lift me up in the air, bring me over this way, bring me down over the bed, down the bed, roll me, take the lift, the sling out, then strip me down, you know, or say I'm, I'm laying down for the nighttime, but say I just wanted to rest. Hmm. Now I'm laying in bed like 20 minutes later. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? I want to get up. You know, there's no, yeah. I want to get up right now. You have to have yeah. a decision. I'm going to lay down and I'm going to lay down for that long, yeah. basically for the night. There's no resting hmm. because you're just going to go right through it. That's just enough to wear your body, wear and tear it out, you know? Yeah. As soon as you lay down, like it's no, it's no walking in here and going, oh, I'm going to lay down for about five minutes, take a power nap, and just get yeah. right back up in here. So, no, it's you taking a power nap, you're talking, that's an hour. You got 20 minutes in, 20 minutes out. So it's, it's yeah. Then it's wear and tear on your body. So, yeah, I mean, you miss it, but I don't really, 
I don't think about it now, like every day, like things like that. Hmm. I just live. But in the beginning, since we were in analog, we went into this digital stuff and I was like, all this really cool stuff was digital. I'm like, man, still like, man, I didn't get a chance to like touch that stuff or play those cool video games the way they are now. And mm. like, oh. but then um, with the technology now, assistive technology, there's, I can do anything. I can do anything I did before. And so, you know, play any, play any sport, play any instrument. There's all different ways to do this stuff. I was going to say, yeah, like the, the way you live now and the way you were living 20 years ago must have changed a lot. Because I mean, now you have like yeah. dictation, you know, you speak to your laptop or your phone and, and you can do pretty much everything, I guess, right? When yeah. 20 years ago, I guess, I mean, I'm trying to remember, but like the iPhone went out in 2007. So like at the beginning of the century, I mean, we didn't have much <laughs> in terms of technologies. No, we didn't have, we, people, didn't, people didn't even use the internet, yeah. you know? Mm. Yeah. In 98, 99, if you were around someone, if you went to a restaurant before 2000, you would see people talking at the restaurant yeah. and checking their pagers <laughs> yeah. once in a while. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, okay. You know, and that's it. So you actually yeah. you would see people talking to each other, hmm. engaging in conversation, and not even TVs. Remember, they didn't have flat screens and all that stuff. Yeah. So there wasn't a bunch of TVs that looks like Best Buy at a restaurant. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or sort of, you know, any of that stuff. So they weren't like always fascinated on the TV at every single booth. You know, they're actually were at the table talking about life and communicating without distraction. Fast forward, you go there now. Well, I'm not saying COVID, but before you go into a, a restaurant, you got a, a family sitting there or just friends sitting there. Phone right here. Yeah. Goes back on the table. Watching TV, phone, someone's talking to them. They put it back or it's in their lap. They're going to hide it and put it in their yeah. lap. But they're looking down, down at it. And all they're doing is scrolling or texting. Yeah. Scrolling to Facebook, scrolling, scrolling. Finding, fun. oh, that's a funny meme. Oh, oh. oh that's a funny, you know, scrolling. It's why you're supposed to be enjoying each other. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, yeah. Everybody's heads down, or they're up. I see TVs. There's TVs everywhere now, <laughs> all over. Like, so that that's like this uh, people, and that's the world we live in. Like, that's the thing right now. It's like, but see, I get to analyze it because I don't. I'm not able to grab my phone. Mm. Someone's got to grab it for me. So I'm in this mode where I'm actually analyzing and watching, observing people, and I'm like, whoa. The the stuff I see would wake people up. Yeah. Because I just like sit there and watch. Or or if I'm at the table with them, since I'm not able to get on my tablet, get on my phone, get on or any of that stuff, I just sit there and like try and talk to them. And everybody's like scrolling. Or then mm. someone sends them a video message and they're like, then they're playing it at the table. <laughs> yeah. You can hear the volume. Yeah. Where are you? Are you uh, watching a Netflix movie? <laughs> we're we're eating that right now. We're supposed to be talking to each other, and you're yeah. watching a Netflix movie while we're waiting for the food. Yeah. It's like people don't have any any patience mm. from order to waiting for the food to sit there and actually say hi. 
mm. and face each other and talk to each other about whatever they're going through. Mm. Instead, they're like, you know, going through YouTube or oh, watching some series. Like- I feel like it's people's attention span and also patience. Like if they've got to wait five minutes, it's like, oh, I'll just check Instagram. I said, oh, I'll just do this instead. Just kind of fill the time rather than actually just have a conversation like you said. That's like, how they're killing the time. Yeah. That's why apps are so, that's where they make their money. Like Jewel or mm. Angry Birds. Angry Birds knew that. They yeah. took that data and said, we're going to make an app that's going to be for the kill time. Mm. When people are at the airport, play Angry Birds that's and they made pay pay billions of dollars yeah millions off of people's time waiting for something so basically they were spending their time while they were waiting waiting for their food waiting Mm -hmm. for their oil change car wash or waiting for their you know or waiting for their whatever it is waiting for their significant other to get out of the dressing room or whatever Mm -hmm. you know i'm just gonna sit here and play a game i'm gonna play because Mm -hmm. Back in the day, it used to be solitaire, but that was loaded already on the, <laughs> you know, that was loaded. Yeah. Now you got the app, you got to download it. You know, some people pay for it. You're like, you know, and then that's what they're doing. Yeah. Instead of like, why I wait, I think I'm just going to close my eyes and rest, relax for a second, maybe. Because then they're like, I'm so tired, you know? <laughs> yeah, but you have the computer on, your phone in one hand, the TV on in the other. You're overstimulating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got cheating now, too. They just pay. <laughs> pay, and I get jewels and levels. Yeah. <laughs> you used to have to actually play a video game, you know? <laughs> you had to win or fight, defeat stuff to get the levels. And to get armor or magic source like Legend of Zelda. Now it's like, hey, yeah, just pay drop to get your to credit the card. <laughs> just buy it. What's that teaching you? Yeah. What's that teaching you? That's not hard work. Hmm. Put a credit card number in and get it. Normally it's their parents. Yeah. That's not work. Go back to Legend of Zelda. Go back to Super Mario where you had to go save, save the princess <laughs> from Bowser. Go through that. Things like that. There was no cheat. Yeah. There was a, a code sometimes in Nintendo games like the Contra, like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. <laughs> but most of the games was straight. You had to figure it out. <laughs> you had to figure it out. And yeah. what did that do? That challenged us. That yeah. problem solved. That worked our mind. Yeah. How is that working my mind if I'm on here and I'm like, oh, I really need this armor. Oh. I'll put in my credit card. Yeah. Just buy it. It's easy way out. Easy way out. And that's what it's teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Easy way. Instant, instant way. Well, it's instant gratification. Instant gratification. It's much easier. Ching! Oh, actually, the credit card could already be in there. Yeah. So you just push the button. <laughs> I just got new armor. Ah. You know, I need someone to help me out. I need a soldier with me, too. Ching! Instant, you know? Yeah. Instead of going through the village fighting challenging questions challenging and all that stuff and earning the sword earning it by the by by playing mm. not buying because we get out in the real world it doesn't work like that it's not that easy uh, no it's not that easy trying to find a you got the job and then you're like oh well 
I need this. I guess I'll just buy it. But no, it's not gonna go. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Like you gotta, you gotta put in work to get to where you gotta go. Yeah. You know, it's not overnight success. So yeah, so, the instinct, instinct culture. Yes. Yeah. Um. So when you went out of of rehab and and you went back, let's say to, you went back to to the normal life in a sense but you had to adjust obviously with with all mm -hmm. the changes and everything how you went back to school um things came together but how how did you decide which way to go like to be a, you know an, an entrepreneur and and become like a public doing public speaking and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that where is that coming from um i think there's things that is in your childhood that start to emerge like what you've learned comes mm -hmm. into action or fruition right then at that time you know um it was like what am i going to do i'm still going to go back to music so i tried to open up a record company you know and i had artists but it was just like like we just talked about instant gratification instant stardom instant fame it's like why am i going against the grain and it's hard enough you know like mm -hmm. i'm gonna stop and then it was fun for a little bit but then it became not fun And then because of that, the entertainment newspaper um, company called the promoter, this guy, Alex, he heard about me in Detroit. And he came up and we had a meeting. He said, I want you to write an article. I'll give you a column. Plus you can sell ads and distribute the paper. Well, I already did the Flint Journal before I was a paper boy. So I know how to do it. I know how to take the paper, get up early in the morning, roll the paper, put rubber bands on it, go deliver the paper. Then I know how to take a book and go collect on the paper. So, you know, so I know all that from childhood. So I was like, yeah, I know how to do that. That's no problem. Plus I know I have, we have vehicles now. So, so yeah, so I did that for about five years. Then he closed the paper for a while. And then I just went into like, the next thing was while I was going through this other journey stuff, you learn about advocating. So I started learning about advocating through disability network going to the, like the house and the Senate and testifying on Medicaid, Medicare, long-term cuts and long-term care. And then we got a bill that got sponsored mid 2000 called money follows the person and money went all over the country to get people out of nursing homes. And it's still voted on today. Um, wow. Yeah. So they still vote on it today. It's called money follows the person billions of dollars, billions. Um, and then uh and you're building relationships at the same time. So it's kind of like this, this flow that just kind of came out like the pattern, you know, you're going to school, but then you're also advocating. You're also learning, you're mentoring. You're also being a voice for the voiceless. You're empowering, you're doing this. You're saying, look, people with disabilities, we are here, we belong, you know, and then you start learning about disability rights and ADA and, you know, all this really cool stuff that's happened before you. Then you, you start hanging out with people that did fight the fight for you. So you pay homage to them because a lot of them aren't even here anymore. So then you kind of pick up where they left off and make the trail even better for other people that are going to come in the future, you know? So you do that and you're still doing that. You still stick with the music. So I did concerts. I put on events and things like that. So all these little things were, were happening. And then of course, um, I opened up an internet radio station for a while. I had a license to do Live 365. I had a blanket license. 
I went to Washington, D.C. to save Internet Radio. In 2006, wow. we introduced the Internet Radio Equality Act. Yeah, Internet Radio was in a lot of trouble back then from, from closing. Uh, actually, Pandora did shut down. Yahoo Shoutcast shut down. And AOL Radio, I think, shut down. And then Pandora restructured themselves and opened back up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So we were out there. And then I had to shut down my radio station eventually. And then that's how I opened up Easy Awareness by Design. Went back to a childhood dream of my own clothing line or a t-shirt business. And then eventually from that came Inspire. And then, you know, it was a focus on Inspire brand. But, you know, like I've said in many times is Inspire was there from the beginning. I just finally caught up with it. Mm-hmm. I finally caught up to, to Inspire. Like Inspire was like, about time, you know, been waiting here for a while for you, buddy. You know, and then I finally caught up with it. And then we've been, we've been like intertwined ever since. I am like, it goes back. They say you are the brand on the brand, but the people also build the brand, you know, and um, it's been going strong globally, you know, uh, and that's opened up to other doors too. And then with the, you have a brand, you have a business. And then I was able to do music again when I met Ziad, you know, uh, the president of D-Man Foundation and my and my partner in business. So um, when he came to me about this D-Man Foundation, Danny's Miracle Angel Network, it was a legacy after his brother passed away from complications of a spinal cord injury, who was also a quadriplegic out of ventilator. And mm-hmm. so March 6, 2010, that's where I was introduced to the D-Man Foundation idea. And so I jumped on the committee and lots of meetings and stuff and then uh they had a lot of fundraising events and then before you know it the studio's opening up and and we're able to record again i'm able to record again so i'm, I'm you know because they have this assistive technology mm-hmm. we're able to work with the music therapist and a licensed and an engineer and then before you know it 17 years later after the injury i'm performing on stage wow it's like yeah so it's just the journey it just keeps kind of I don't, yeah, I just don't like, I'm telling you, it's like, it's written, like it's a book Mm. Mm. and I'm just catching up to where it's at. You know, I'm just catching up and sometimes I go off path and it doesn't seem natural anymore, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, oh wait, maybe I'm not supposed to take that. Well, let me go back this way. Mm. Or maybe I was, I'm supposed to learn from that. And that was the whole purpose of it, you know? So here I am and things are unfolding and you're just like, it's just like dot connecting the dots, you know, mm. and it's just like this, this journey, this path. And it's like, it's already just, it's already in a book. It's like, I'm just, I'm just living this book being narrated or something, you know? Yeah. And it's like, wow. And it just happens. That's what I'm saying. It's not like, yeah, there, there's work to be done. There's action with behind inspiration, blood, sweat, tears, pain, everything challenging, life changing. But it also, when you get there, you're like, this was already here for me. Mm. This is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. It's the right timing. Mm. When it took 30 months to fundraise for the wheelchair accessible van. If I were to try 
two months or two years before that, I wasn't ready. If I would have tried afterwards, I wouldn't have wanted it. Like, I wouldn't appreciate it. Like, all this stuff. When I got the van, it was right then at the very moment that it was supposed to be. Hmm. Like, this is the moment. My stepdad's here. My mom's here. My dad's here. My stepmom's here. My stepbrother. They're here to celebrate me to get this vehicle. And then Damon, John, and George, they're on the phone. But, and it was like at the end of 2019, Hmm. December 20th at that, Inspired Friday. Who writes that? You know, it it wasn't planned that way. Like we didn't say, we're going to get the van on that Friday, December 20th. No. Yeah. (laughs) The wheelchair company said, you can come pick it up. December 20th on a Friday, right before the end of the year. 20 again, another 20. Yeah. It's interesting. It took 30 months to fundraise. You know, it probably took 20. And I just said it took, I don't know. I'd have to go back and really look at the math, but I'm pretty sure it was 30 months of fundraising. But I could be, but that would be hard because that's 10 off. Hmm. But yeah, I think it was, it was 30 months of fundraising. Hmm. Maybe it was 20 grinding, you know, of yeah. fundraising. Maybe like the first 10 was just like, oh, we're crowdfunding, you know, we're playing. We're... <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, well, I started July 2017. And then I had my big fundraising event, August of 2018. And Damon, that joined. And that's when I was able to work with George and Sherry in August of 2018. From August to to, to December, that'd be 20 months Hmm. of 2019. Just to put some some context about that, because that seems to be quite important. Uh, Before getting this van, uh, how, how did you move around then? What was the challenge and what changed by getting the van? Oh, well... Great question, but I had uh, another wheelchair accessible van that I fundraised for. So I've successfully fundraised three times for three vans. Mm, okay. But check this out, though. The first one, we did like a silent auction and a live auction, right? But that one was like 20-something thousand, you know, because it was a rented van or something like that. Mm. And it was older. It was an older van. Then that one lasted so long. and Well, that one lasted from 98 until... May of 2010, actually. Interesting story, too. But it started to break down four or five years before that. So I started fundraising for the next one four or five years early. You know, I was selling tacos at council venues. We did car washes. We did shows. We Whatever we could do. We were trying, we were were raising money, you know, little by little. And then I had a bit, I had a golf outing and golf outing hit it out the park. Like I, I had 200 and something dinner guests, 105 golfers, 56 different sponsors. I mean, wow. we were, yeah. And then we did 50, 50 raffle, silent auction, live auction, basket wrap, basket auction, all that stuff. We, I mean, we rate, well, I, the van was 33,000. I paid, I paid in cash. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So then, and that was a 2007. Remember the event was 2010. So, it, but it took four or five years. Hmm. 
So then that one lasted all the way until, well, it lasted all the way until I got the new one. But I started having problems with the, the, the Chevy, the one, the second van, mm. like um, probably maybe like five years before you started seeing the, the writing on the wall, like, you know, by experience. Yeah. So I started, but I... I fundraised for the insurance money in 2016 to, you know, to pay for the insurance. We, and mm-hmm. then I said, I'm going to put a campaign together called We Drive to Inspire. And I'm going to sell shirts and bracelets and hats and stuff. And that launched 2017 in July, right after my birthday. Well, actually, my 40th birthday is where mm-hmm. it launched. Yeah. So that's where we started. So the We Drive to Inspire campaign. I had a GoFundMe, I had a Facebook fundraise, Facebook crowdfunding twice, and then we was we had sponsors and people donating and stuff. And then 30 months later, we were able. So took 30 months of solid fundraising, but to be able to get a brand new, zero model, zero miles, Chrysler Pacifica Touring L Plus black on black with 20 inch rims, mm. all the bells and whistles you could possibly think of. <laughs> Yeah. So, and and I got that in December 20th of 2019. So it took 30 months to get a brand new vehicle. But before that, remember, it took the first time. Well, the first time it took like a lot of, like a, a, a lot of work to do that auction and stuff like that. But it yeah. was to get an older, older vehicle. Yeah. That lasted until 2010. But remember, it took four or five years to fundraise to get that 2007 vehicle in yeah. 2010 yeah. and then this time so i just got better and better at yeah. <laughs> you know at fundraising and figuring out how to do things and uh and this time i went all out like i went all out like i'm going all out hundred thousand trying to raise you know stuff like that once once george and i were able to talk to like the wheelchair company the conversion company and stuff like that we were we were getting in-kind sponsorship so they were knocking prices down you know Mm-hmm. We'll knock it down to this, knock it down to this, and stuff like that. I think the total with the five-year warranty was like seventy-three thousand. Wow! I, think. Oh. I know. And I never got to see any of the money. It went right to the United Way. <laughs> so the United Way acted as my acting fiduciary, and they did a pro bono, which was awesome. Wow. So kept me, you know, making sure that they didn't think I was like, you know, just taking people's money that were donating. Yeah. Nope, never saw it. They wrote all the checks. So when the van needed to be paid. United Way issued the check. I saw the invoice, and then they issued the check. So, mm. yeah. So that was. That's amazing that you did that. Um, but I kind of wanted to ask. So obviously, you did a lot of raise, uh, fundraising to get the vehicles. How much help do you get in terms of, for example, I know that you know the technology in terms of when we were connecting, you were talking to your computer, saying like mouse, do this, whatever. Is it you that pays for that, or does the government pay for that, or does the nope. health insurance pay for that? Like, how much help do you get from? people to be able to do these things everybody's different because if they got like in a car accident there's auto auto insurance that helps pay Mm -hmm. for like accessibility accessible transportation nurses medical stuff you know like lots of different things if someone's got a court case or a lawsuit then they have insurance mail or they sue somebody there's a lot of things but something like mine you get medicaid and medicare so that would be considered like government insurance you know and um they pay they pay for so many wheelchairs like so many years but then when you have all this stuff, this need that you need, like with the sip and puff straw and all that stuff, 
or the 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 the, the elevator, they'll be like, nope, we don't cover that. Nope, we don't cover that. You know, or stuff like that. So then you have to figure out how am I going to cover this. Then if there's a thing, if there's a function that you need in the chair, and it breaks, they need to get it replaced. Then um, uh, that's going to cost you because they have to go, they have to open up the chair more, and then it's yeah, it's just it's insane. <laughs> but yeah, like drag, dragon. Actually speaking, nope, it doesn't. No, it's none of that stuff's covered. Um, most mm-hmm. of the thing that's covered is my care, you know, yeah. my caregivers, which I'm very appreciative, you know, like, you know, and then, um, what else would it be? Uh, cause even at the beginning, you must have had a lot of work to do around the house to make it accessible. Actually, I just went back to my mom and stepdad's house and they just, I was just able to, they built a ramp, my stepdad okay. did. I was able to get the living room, the dining room. And then my bedroom, they opened up mm. the doorway. So not getting in the bathroom, okay. no wheelchair, no rolling shower, nothing like that. Nope, I still take bed baths. The house that I'm at now, so I'm in my third place because I went from the house to an apartment to this house. Pretty wide open. I'm not able to get like in the kitchen as much or, or the bathroom at all. So, But I'm able to go from my bedroom to the back deck straight, mm. straight from... From my door, once it opens, you can see the front door straight across. It's like all the walls are kind of open. It's almost like a, like a studio house. The walls are just right. here out. Yeah. yeah. So. And then in, sorry. And then in terms of care, do you have somebody there all the time, or do you have somebody who comes just yeah. during the day and then you're on your own at night time? Or... Yep. Someone's here right now until nine fifteen. Then the next person comes in at nine fifteen, and they leave at five in the morning. And the person's here from five in the morning until nine fifteen. AM and then 9.15 to 5.15 is when I work on the business. So Monday through Friday, Jesse and I work on the business from 9.15 AM to 5.15 PM. Mm-hmm. But right now with being, we're all off until the yeah. 4th. So, yeah. um, and then uh, at 5.15, someone will come in and they'll work until uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, it's till eight o'clock. And then the third shift person comes in from eight to five in the morning. And then Friday night, when the third shift person comes in at 9.15, they stay till 8 o'clock in the morning. Then the morning person gets here at 8 in the morning, and they leave at 6 in the p.m. And then that person from the Friday night comes back at 6 p.m. and then works all the way until Sunday. So wow, okay. you got it. You must have created some six people. You must have created some special bonds with all those people helping you on a daily basis now. For sure. Yeah. I mean, In fact, I just did a podcast yesterday last night, or last night. And he was at my house back in mid-2000. He says, man, is everybody that was there still hanging around? I said, just the caregivers. Mm. They're still around. You know, yeah. 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 You become their family. You go to their weddings. You go, you know, I mean, that's what it is. It's. Yeah. It's you know it's not robots, man. It's uh, you you just you become family. You are family. You know like yeah. Oh yeah. That's what it you know. That's how it is. That's the relationship. Yeah. You have to have that relationship where you're just cool like that and just you know. And of course, most of them are older than me, mm-hmm. a good amount. So then I'm, I'm the kid boss. You know like, <laughs> you know, someone's 63 years old. You're trying to tell them like, look. 
you got to do this and this like no i'm not gonna play that around like <laughs> you know not gonna do that like i know you're elder you're 63 and i'm 43 but you still gotta do things the way i need them done <laughs> yeah and you'll have conflict you know and you'll have some that man, like in so any family care. right <laughs> you'll have caregiver turnover you have some that won't show up they just don't show up just, that's it never mm -hmm. see them again never see them again they're supposed to show up in the morning not there so now the third shift person that's there that needs to leave is stuck and now that's yeah. not a good situation uh, for me like i'm like because they're like well what's going on and i'm like like arguing about this is not going to help. Like, yeah. yeah, all I need to do is just try and find someone here to so to replace me, so you know to to relieve or the lead person to relieve you. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know, it's you know when I go to sleep at night, you know it's it's right there from the back of the head, you know, when I wake up and the next person gets here, I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she made it. Okay, great. Someone's here. Phew. I can rest a little bit more now until the next time. And then I'm laying down and then you hear the phone. You're like, oh, man, someone's calling. Why? They, what is it? What's happened? Yeah. You know, because usually in the morning when things call, that means that someone's either not coming in or mm. they're running late. Yeah. You know, especially if I get the call at 430 in the morning. Then it I'm like, tough having to rely on people for, you know, things like that, like. I guess you learn how, I mean, you don't have a choice. Like, survival. like, God, I just need you here on time. Like, I don't know. Must... Don't, don't move to Miami. Don't move to Miami. Oh my God, everyone's on Miami time <laughs> People here. on every, if you, if you need people on time, don't move to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing is like, you would think like, since it's a human that people treat like, you know, that's a person. I'm going to have to make sure that I'm there and show up and no, I mean, it's, just like when I worked fast food restaurant, you know, fast food, mm -hmm. people didn't show up and it's the same way. A lot of times that's happened here. We got a lot of years we're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then they'll get a person that just comes, they train, they're like, what open hours do you have? Like, I got this, 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 and we got a great, you know, great release. Like the chemistry is strong. And you're like, yeah, we're all confident about that person. Yeah, that's a good person. Next day, nothing. Nothing. And they just, they put themselves on the schedule for the whole week too. I'll get that hour. I'll get that. Yeah, I can do that. I'm sure. All right. See you tomorrow. Nothing. And you never hear from them. Not just, they don't even show up. You never hear from them ever again. Yeah. They don't call up saying, by the way, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to come in. They just don't. Turn up. They just, they're out. They ghost. Wow. What are the main challenges, uh, you have to face right now on on a daily basis um because i guess things have been COVID. changing obviously in 23 years but still right now like because COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but i mean even like you know on everything is not equipped it's not accessible like at all oh like, yeah just, we, we suck at that like to to make things inclusive for everyone uh but what are like the main the main challenges that you face that are really like a, a real a real issue that on, on on a pretty regular basis for you oh you said it right there accessibility mm. accessibility is huge you know if you say hey eric let's uh let's meet up at this place you know in my mind i got a plan i gotta be like gotta search it google look at the thing 
Where's the curb cut? Where's the accessible parking? Is there stairs? Is there like is the aisle? Like, I gotta like pre-plan everything, mm-hmm. you know, because the unknown. And then I get there, and we're like, oh man, it's like it's up two levels. There's no elevator, you know. So accessibility is huge. Then you try to explain it, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm grandfathered in or something. Like this is a brand new building. Mm-hmm. This is grandfather nothing. Yeah. Like weren't you, like what happened to the contractors? How did the ball get dropped that you didn't make this accessible? Or why aren't you looking at your community and saying, mm-hmm. okay, in my community we got the Michigan School for the Deaf and the Blind. We got the Disability Network. There's 26,000 people with disabilities, just mobility disabilities in Genesee County. Hmm, I'm gonna open up a business. Nope not going to make my door i'm not going to open the doors for people that's going to be able to come and shop and spend money you know like look at your community and build your your business or your home around the community mm-hmm. make it inviting because that's what happens and it should be on the radar at all times you know just like we just had this election when the election and they're having debates and stuff like that I'm watching and I'm paying attention for what they're going to do for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. What's the plan? You've talked about gender. You've talked about race. You've talked about class, you know, economy or, you know, like middle class, low class, poverty, everything. What are you going to do for people with disabilities? When are you going to say something like, this is my plan. People with disabilities are 33 million Voters, <laughs> 33 million voters, registered voters. Wow. Right, that's power. Yeah. Voting power. It's like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that people don't go to nursing homes and they can live independently. We're going to make sure that we put this together for assistive technology. You know, people that can't afford it. We're going to put assistive technology, you know, grant programs together or something. We're going to get the money through corporations that get tax, tax write-offs. You know what I mean? Like they're donating and then they write it off in their taxes or something, mm-hmm. which are going to like an assistive technology fund, fund thing. We're going to make sure that uh, transportation, traveling, we're going to make sure that planes, trains, automobiles, vehicles, sidewalks are curb cut, safe way, accessible for uh, accessible. You know, not just for a person, for everyone. We're also going to make sure to focus on people with disabilities, not just wheelchairs, crutches, amigos. We're going to make sure that that interpreters are incorporated with our speeches. Hmm. We're going to make sure we have interpreters when we're speaking. There's an interpreter. We're going to make sure that we have, you know, closed caption option or that not the the closed caption is there. Like it's going to be a the you know, people that are deaf can go to movie theaters and they can actually go see the movie or, you know, because of the closed captions there. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to all these things, you know, education, making sure you have a right to education, that it's not going to be barriers and challenges. Like, we're going to make sure that it's available if you need to take a test score or a test and you can't undo it in a, in a, a closed classroom because you have to speak out loud. You know, we're going to make sure that you're able to go to a room and it's still the same way where you can mm-hmm. take the test and you feel like you're still with everyone else. You're not outcast from someone else or taken away from it. You are a part of everything. 
We just have to figure out how to do some things differently, but it's included, you know. But you know, those are the things. Like I'm, I'm waiting to hear the plan, the yeah. grand plan for people with disabilities. We're going to continue to to push the ADA, the American Disability Rights, you know, or you know, we're going to make sure that maybe we build another, maybe we set another one. We're going to make sure that you know you're represented. Mm. We're gonna make sure when we're speaking, when we're putting bills in the house and the Senate on this, that we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, take away from your healthcare and your medical, and make sure that you end up going from an independent home and back into a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Those are all the things, you know. That's that's just a tip, you know. Yeah. That's just a. But I'm like, where is it? Where are we talking? Like, recognize me, recognize my community, and then they don't. It's crickets. And you're like. Mm-hmm. I'm invisible. It's interesting you say about like wanting to feel included and you know being recognized and being seen um this is a difficult question to ask but do you ever find that people maybe ask your friends what you want for dinner or ignore you in situations and kind of think that you're either invisible or stupid or something because you're in the wheelchair do you get every everything you just said everything yeah everything you said i've experienced go to the doctor's office person just sits there and stares person that's with me we're just sitting there person just stares mm. i go back to the appointment that person right away attacks the caregiver is like who are you are you his girlfriend are you his mom are you his mm. you know and stuff like that what happened to him and all i mean thousand questions but at first they were just staring well, that's one scenario now as you said a restaurant we go to the restaurant I want to order some food. They asked the person with me, what yeah. will he be having? Yeah. You're like, ask me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just invisible. Uh, or they'll go, have you looked over the menu? Well, I'm like, yeah, I'm not deaf. Not yeah. deaf. Like, yeah. you know, oh, then you start talking. Like they are, they're making an assumption, like you said, that you could be, you know, slow in the mind too. A yeah. lot of times too, you know, have a cognitive disability. Yeah. Then you start talking, they're like, oh, whoa, he's articulate. What's happening? Mm. What is happening here? Yeah. It talks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's this, you know, and you see that or with business though, business. Patronize it sometimes. Mm. Oh, that's cute. Pat, pat on the back here yeah go back into your corner and finger painting cutouts because i feel that's what it feels like yeah. they take me for this most empowering business person like i'm doing all and then they like figure out a way to just defuse it where i'm back in kindergarten like mm. learning my colors and stuff you know like no it's not a hobby it's not a, it's not cute it's real it's yeah it's hard work and treat it like you treat other business people that i see you treat you don't go to them and say you know it's cute you say yeah. how many figures you did this day you're like six figures seven figure 10 exit <laughs> you know mm-hmm. all that stuff you know like they treat it differently sometimes i say all of them you know some people yeah. do right you know but that's what i'm just personally telling you that i've i've came across I've also came across where one person held the door for me. 
and then they asked for a discount. <laughs> They're like, you know, so I held the door for you, dude. Can I get like a discount on my flyers? Um, no, I'm going to charge you double for being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you have like the funny stuff that people say the most. It's like, I just like to say, stop, stop, stop. Mm. You know, where they say, you got the best seat in the house. Oh. Or they're like, can you slide over? My feet are tired. I want to sit down with you. Mm. You know, it's like, what are you? Mm. <laughs> yes, it's my reality. It's not your punchline yeah. or anything. They're like, oh, my feet are tired. My legs are tired. Can you slide over so I can sit down too? Hmm. So I have a question. You know, you said, um, oh, yeah, my mind's gone blank. This happens every single episode. I go to start a question (laughs) and then my mind goes blank. What was it going to be? Oh, that was it. No, it's gone again. Oh, my God. (laughs) No. Oh, it'll come back. One second. I need to write them down. (laughs) Okay. Um. No, yeah, it's it's really interesting what you say, but I think I've got it. Okay, go back. I'll finish after. Um, sorry about that. You said about people, you know, at the doctor's office will stare at you and look at you, and then yeah. once you're gone, they'll start to ask the carers questions. Yeah. For people who are able-bodied like ourselves, who I don't really know what my question is. I guess it's like, what's the best way for us to? I mean, obviously, just treat you as normal. But then do you, do you like when people ask you questions like why are you in the wheelchair? Or would you prefer they didn't ask or like how? Uh, you, it depends on the question? person. Yeah. Dude, you ask me. I'm a person that's trying to raise awareness, advocating. That's the that's the role that I'm taking. Yeah. There are other people that you will ask, and they'll be like, "I don't ask you about your life." You know. Yeah. Very angry, so you just have to kind of play it, and you know, and maybe do the same thing like you do if you were sitting in the, the office and you don't see the, the, the visible the mm. visible disability you know the chair the crutches and you just talk to them how's everything going you know tomorrow's new year's like what you know yeah. big plans and stuff let them open up about things yeah we know what you yeah. want to know we know we already mm. know Cause it's we know cause it's, it's we know that you want to know what happened yeah but, I mean I already know that like, I know that you want to know, so, you know, but allow that person to uh, engage in conversation. Once it's an engaged in conversation, the icebreaker is broken and that person can feel it out. Then they can say, you know, like, can I ask you so like, you know, is, is it, you know, if it's what, what happened in order to have you, where were you born that way or car accident? Mm. And then you're like, no, I was shot. And they're like, but it's interesting because it's like I mean it's yeah. it's obvious that you're in a wheelchair so I kind of feel like ignoring it is that maybe worse than just yeah saying you're in a wheelchair what happened do you see what I mean like is it better to yeah. ignore it or is it better just to say hey what happened or I guess what you said like just feel it out and see because like you wouldn't but, just say to somebody why are you you know whatever like about my life or you know it's a personal question to ask people but mm-hmm. yes yeah, I don't know but it's an interesting one if we got to the point where accessibility was, you know, everything was accessible, mm-hmm. that every, you know, and then you would see people using chairs and crutches and you wouldn't even have to ask that anymore because yeah, yeah. it wouldn't stand out. Yeah. It wouldn't stand out. You would just be like, that's just everyday life now. 
we yeah. see people in crutches, strollers, you know, whatever, amigos, blind, deaf. We like, we see people doing interpret, you know, sign language with each other, and mm. it doesn't stand out. Yeah. Like you're not looking at it and going, oh, you actually look at it, and you already know. You're like, oh, I know sign language. I learned it. You know, we all learned it in school. It was a curriculum or something. You know, I'd love to learn sign yeah, language. Yeah, and I, I, I was gonna say that exactly. I think it's also education. Like we. Yeah. Or we are not educating kids and adults on anything related to disability. Anything no. at all. Yeah. Like zero. We're not we're not educating them on life out of school. Mm. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean like I mean like we're not educating them on like back in the day of the home ec. Cooking, cleaning, uh financial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, taxes, how to own a Th business, how to yeah, do it like that's why. Yeah. Why are we not taking kids through this to prepare them for the world? Yeah. Don't let so them go teaching... 18 years and yeah. throw them out into the world yeah. and then they mess up their taxes or max out a credit card or get a house and have to fight and go into bankruptcy or job, like or get their car repoed. Yeah. You don't like from the time that they start school a certain part then start talking about, okay, there's people out in the world that look like, this is the diff, this is other people that don't look like you. Mm, you know, yeah. people have different languages. Yeah. People have different food. People also have different abilities and disabilities. And then go into like, like I said, financial intelligence. This is how you clean. This is how you cook. This is how you do chores. This is how you earn money. This is how money. you do things to, yeah. you know, save. This is saving. Okay, every day in class, you're going to put $1 away or something, and then you're going to get to buy that, this. We're going to go to the school store, and you're going to be able to get the money that you earn from cleaning in class, doing chores in class, doing goods, good bucks, I don't know what you want to call it, and then you're going to be able to use that and buy one item at the school store. Mm. You know what I mean? Like... Why are we teaching? Why are we not teaching life skills? We would be we would be so much ahead of things. Yeah. Instead of just books in history, I know all that stuff's important, but once you get out there, you gotta know about taxes, you gotta know about finances, and credit. Especially when credit is just the, like the monster of controlling everything now. You know, yeah. you have to know this stuff. And, and because of social media, you're going to have to teach them, the kids, uh, social media etiquette. Mm. Don't post all this stuff because when you go get a job, they're going to go to your page. They're going to see yeah. you. Check you out. And... Right. They're going to check you out. And they're not going to hire you. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, if I open you... up a school, that's what it would be. Oh. It would be a school of. School of life. School. There'd be school yeah. of life. There would be books, but there there'd be learning. There'd be doing. You know, yeah. two parts of learning. You learn, you read it, and then you do it. The action of it. There'd also be field trips to be able to go on location. Mm -hmm. So now you're also on location, and that's what it'd be, all the way till you graduated. If you, I've got two questions. Um, I'm gonna ask both of them because it might be related. Um, mm -hmm. What's your big 
vision you know what's your dream uh, that you would like to achieve in your life uh, and also mm-hmm. if you could put a message out there you know for everyone to understand something uh, what would it be i'm asking both because it could be potentially going uh, together the message first would be don't say can't always say how when you mm-hmm. when you say you can't then you're just not going to accomplish it when you say how how builds how builds when you sleep and you eat and you you know, when you're awake and you dream, all that stuff, the how is building. That's what you have to do. And you got to think, we live by the how. We just aren't paying attention to it. Mm. If you say, how am I, like, Eric and I are going to have a podcast today. How are we going to do it? We just did it earlier. How do you want to do the face-to-face? Mm. How do we get from point A to point B so that we yeah. can see each other and do video? I said Zoom and Google meetings. Uh, how do you want me to send the link? Email. <laughs> you know? yeah. So we do the how. This is what we let fear make the can't. Mm. We say can't. Mm. You know, I can't do that. What? Right. You're not. Mm. You killed your dream. Yeah. Instead of just saying how. How do you do it? How can I figure it out? How do I get over this wall? How do I get a wheelchair accessible van? I didn't say I don't have the finances. I can't. Obviously, the fi- like the number one thing, if I had the money, I'd have bought the van. We know that. Yeah. That's the stated obvious, Eric. But how? If you don't have the money, how do you get it? Sponsorship. Go out there, and and fire. There's so many things, like even even if you're not physically able to mow a yard, go to a lawn mowing company. Hey, I'll get you jobs and you give me a percentage of each job. Hmm. There's, th- there's no, not thousands, millions, billions of house. Yeah. You just have to find it. It hmm. is strategy. But it's also talking to other people. How'd you do that? How'd, you know, and, and reading books, you know, listening to the, and, and listening to stories and stuff like that. Like, how did you get it? But just really analyzing and breaking it down. I got a goal. I got a target. You know, I'm not aiming in the wind or something. I got a physical, visual target, mm-hmm. which is, say, it's the van. What does it say? How, what is in that vehicle that I can break it down into so many pieces? The tires, the conversion, the paint, mm-hmm. the body, or the chassis, the inside. Like, who makes it? Who's the sponsor? Who's the brand? Contact them. Hey, if you're not able to get it donated, get it discounted or something. Mm -hmm. And then say, look, in return, I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to talk about your business. I'm going to, you know, what's in it for them too? Be creative, yeah. Be creative and figure out. Be creative in your how. And try. (laughs) Yeah, don't say can't. Try, right. So that is... Something I've learned with this podcast is like, reach out to people you know for example like yeah when you see someone you want to talk to someone and it's like oh he's not going to talk to me because you know i don't know whatever whatever story i make in my head when actually i just reach out and if they say no it's fine you know it's no big drama yeah but most people say yes most people are happy to share the things and help out and whatever Um, yeah but we like you said like fear is stopping us from doing so many things that yeah and he's just in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just there. 
Right. And then the other question, oh man, what was the first part of the question? What's your, your vision, your big dream, oh, one thing oh, you would well, love to accomplish? Well, definitely I want to, now that I got the vehicle, like it's getting a wheelchair accessible house. Then there's a vision to it. Like it's in my head. It's a, it's, it's like visible. So like someone that like I have, you know, like I said, I know a lot of people that are, you know, that have other disabilities. So being able to have that assistive technology where they can come and visit and navigate in that house, you know, turning it on, maybe someone's blind, you turn something on. And then when they go to the bathroom, it's going to say like the bathroom's this way or the exit's this way or the doorway's this way, like a little, a voice thing or something. Maybe with my stepbrother coming over and he's deaf, maybe there's like a ticker, like a screen on the wall and he's got his phone. He's, you know, even though, because if he's trying to sign to me, I'm not able to sign back to him. So we have to have our communication. So it's like, how do I do it? Well, if I was on my laptop, he's texting, then I can text back. Like, but what if he's in a party situation? What if there's a bunch of people and I'm having a networking party? How does he communicate with everyone? You know? So that's another thing. So with uh with a little person, maybe there's like certain furniture or certain, you know, height adjustments and things like that. Yeah. I know a, you know, my a couple of my friends are little people. And so they teach me. See, I learn by learning by them, you know? Yeah. I don't know this stuff by knowing. I know it by experience, by 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 being the seen eyed person. So you know how I learned like with the person, my friend Joey's blind. He was like, You're gonna be my CNI person, the guide. So basically he held out of my shoulder with his cane and then I puffed and I drove and he and he followed he was following behind me. But he could see better than me. You know, because he he had to know this stuff. See that obstacle yeah, right there? He's aware of the environment. Yeah, like I didn't even see that obstacle. He's pointed out. You see that to the left right there, that right there? I'm like, yeah, watch out. <laughs> you know? Like, I was like, okay, you say you're blind, man. <laughs> like, are you? You know? And so that's what I'm saying. Like, when you start to open your eyes and open your mind to this stuff, you hang around this stuff and you listen to them and you listen to uh, words that hurt them too, you know? Of, mm -hmm lot of things you know and then how to communicate communication is key communication is key however you communicate you could communicate on colors if you want to if you know what you're doing if you understand what that means it's just a two-way conversation and if communication whatever it is objects colors language you know, language of communication can be in many, many different forms. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, so that's the house. And then, like, you know, definitely I'm, like, 43, so it would be nice to, like, have a family and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, everybody else has got kids. So it's like, you know, I I think about it. It's, it's interesting. The older you get, the more you think about it. When you were young, you were like, ah, I'm everywhere. I've got time. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, now you're like, yeah, it will be kind of nice, you know, because you're just like, you're settling. You're not settling. Like you're, you're still doing your stuff. You're maturing too, Yeah. you know? So yeah, it would be, be nice. You know, uh, of course, when you get married, you lose those benefits of the people taking care of you. That's not a good ah. thing. Yeah, I know. Sad. Really? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And it then doesn't. your partner becomes your caregiver. That's right. 
and your how, wife how are they and your partner. To work and what it's how not. They it doesn't make life. sense. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Now there may be some amendment that's happened within the last year where this is. In fact, I will uh, maybe take a note. You do some research and I'll do some research and we'll come back to this. Yeah. That's, like that's, a, that's insane. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, because there was a picture of a person using a wheelchair. It was a mannequin and it had a, a, a wedding dress on. And that meme went around in our disability community like, you know, like, yeah, that's great. But they, you know, it was like promoting the wedding. But yeah, but but there's a lot of barriers for us getting, you know, getting married and stuff like that. Yeah, it's something with the it's the Medicaid benefits. So, so it's like because I think it's now a two person household, or something. So, but I mean, the way I see this is in a sense like a form of discrimination in a sense that oh, yeah, you're you're not asking some. I mean, getting married is not easy. You know, you need to find the right person. You need to get. I mean, it's it's one thing by itself, but it, it's also mean like if you're married to me, you're becoming my caregiver and. Yeah, you are giving up your career or your job or whatever. Like, it's a yeah. whole new. It's a whole. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's that is insane. Whoa. Yeah, definitely look it up. Like, kind of research it a little bit. Yeah, maybe by state by state. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when, from as far as I know, that's what it's been. There could have wow. been some changes in the last couple of years. You know. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah. Employment for people with disabilities needs to go up too. Now with COVID, everything's accessible. Yeah. Corporations, companies that said, we don't have a job for you. You can't work. We, we, we don't have people working at home. Yeah. You're well, forced now. to do it now. <laughs> now you don't go back. See, I got a list of them. You can't go back. Yeah. It's not going back. You just show that your whole company can stay home and work from home. Yeah. So when you say that a person that's bedridden that's not able to work for you. That's a lie, because yeah. as long as they are able to type, have a voice, or whatever service that they can provide, customer service, whatever it is, selling, they they can do it from bedside. So don't yeah, tell me that, really that anymore. So that that's over. The other thing is the restaurants, where I would be like, I really would like to go to this place and really try this food, but it's not accessible. Could you maybe? have cart like bring it out to the car curbside pickup something i could call it in hmm. no we don't do that you do now <laughs> you do now you could have done you that do now because you, you had to survive not to. Yeah. so you adapted to survive when you you did it you were hmm. forced to do it but before you said you could not do it hmm. it's not that you could not do it it's just that you just you didn't want, want to. to do it that's a really good point yeah i've never nice yeah so we are paying attention the yeah. pandemic has made things accessible. Um, and some of the things like how people are like stuck in like homes, not being able to move, you know, like it's, it's very paused, you know, very still that the last eight or nine months, hmm. that's how a lot of people with disabilities feel when we go to places, we have yeah. all these challenging barriers and we're like, I'm not able to go there. I'm not able to go like, it's like, okay. So it's, it's kind of like, we're already like, we kind of got a taste of what, like, some of it, not the viruses, you know, but the, the the effects and stuff like that. Yeah. So. It's interesting to see it from that point of view because yeah. I never realized that yeah. it makes things more accessible. Like, it never really no, entered yeah. my mind yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would be, I don't know. Yeah. 
it's yeah it's changing the whole yeah a lot of yeah. perspective look at delivery yeah. service delivery service blew up yeah <laughs> doordash uber eats you know yeah. grubhub you know how, like uh, before like and you know what they blew up at the right time mm. see delivery food service introduced themselves very that the, i mean the timing couldn't have been any better from right now yeah. because I would be here and say, I'm my caregiver. Well, what if I, I, we want to get some fat, like we want to eat some food? They can't just leave me. So we would just be mm. stuck. So now, DoorDash, <laughs> like if I'm, if I'm hungry right now, I just go on the internet, look up DoorDash, go through the foods, like, oh, that looks good. Blah, 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 blah. Mouse click, boom. 20, 30 minutes later, put at my door. Yeah. Yeah, it's life changing. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's convenient, it, and, and especially for a foodie. Yeah, no, no, but it's 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 things that True. we like that I I have always took for granted, you know, and I've never realized the privilege I had uh, of doing the, the things like, because again, I've never been in I, any uh, situation like that or know anyone in situation like that. So it's that's I mean, talking to you is really interesting because it's opening our eyes uh, on everything that yeah. we take for granted on a daily basis and even little things that yeah. but if we would have learned this in school never you know we would all be we'd all be open you know yeah. um and if it was a more it was the conversation was discussed more yeah. you know on morning news talk you know morning news shows talk yeah. shows newspaper or in movie like the conversation of news if the news just keeps talking and media will just have the conversation going, what's it like to live in the U.S. with a disability? What can we do to make it better? Like, how is it? What's your ask? What's the goals? What's the, you know, what are you, uh, you know, what are the, you know, the cliches and the myths or what are the, you know, all this stuff, just the conversation. Then the conversation moves from there to social media, to the media, to and then you're like say, oh i think social media is amazing for that because i follow um i don't know if you know her molly burke on youtube she's a blind youtuber and she talks about her life and like in terms of how she gets dressed and how she does her skincare and how she oh. can use her phone and how she reads and how she like all these things she does videos about everything and it's like since following her it's been so interesting to see the world from like how she lives it and i think yeah. that's what's so amazing about social media is if you start to follow different people that aren't just your friends and people who are exactly like you if you start to follow people who are disabled or who are blind or who are deaf or who are whatever it is you can start to learn and kind of hear their stories firsthand as well rather yeah. than the media tell you their version of their story rather than their actual story themselves so. yeah and then there's also like people there's a visible disability too yeah so then there's that whole other yeah you know the they're like someone they might park in like accessible parking then someone's like you can't park there and then like you don't even realize that that person has an invisible disability yeah you know and the handicap parking is crazy anyways it is it's insane like yeah. it's hard for me to get a spot like usually i'm the last one to get an actual accessible parking spot i'm like man everybody usually when yeah. we roll up i'll be i'll make a joke i'll be like oh yeah man the crypts is deep up in here today like <laughs> we rolled deep today we're deep up in here you know i'm like every spot's taken up and i'm like then i'm like okay when i go in here i better see like one wheelchair one something 
Oh, another funny thing is, and 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 uh, so say there's two people that use wheelchairs mm-hmm. in the same area. <laughs> so th- there's always somebody that comes up and it's like, oh, you guys about to race? Oh. <laughs> always two wheelchairs in the same spot and we're we're racing for some reason. <laughs> or or I'm or I'm driving and they're like, You got a license for that? You should probably slow down. Oh. <laughs> like, mm. like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, final question. Yeah. Um, this is something that Jeremy likes to ask people. <laughs> okay. If you could speak to anybody who's an interesting person, who would it be? It could be somebody dead or alive, famous, not famous, whoever it is, who would you love to have a conversation with who's an interesting person in your eyes? Wow. I've been asked this question before. Um, and when I had answered it, I already met that person. Mm. At that time, like I was, I was at a mentoring class actually, and it actually was it was Ice T, the rapper. Oh yeah. Well, the Ice T, the actor, rapper, you know, Ice T. Yeah. And yeah. I gave my reasons is just because he transitioned mm-hmm. from music, you no, know, no, to playing a police officer on a series, to actually acting in movies. But in having the music that he had, like when he had the body count, you know, music. Here he is. He had a song about police, and then he goes and plays a police officer. I'm like, <laughs> how do you flip the script like that, man? Yeah. And so I got to ask him that question, and it's like in my turn. I finally met him and his wife, and I, uh, real cool, you know. I, I just I wanted to talk to him because of those, those reasons. That's cool. Um, of course, when I had my business plan, you know, I said I need to meet Damon John. It wasn't because of Shark Tank at that time. It was because of FUBU, because of the lifestyle brand. I'm doing lifestyle clothing. Mm. And then I met him a year into my business wow. and got to talk to him. And because of that, we've had the biggest relationship ever since. Nice. You know, I've been on his book. I've been an ambassador for three of his books. So I learned how to campaign. I took that skill and implemented it when I did my own campaign for We Drive to Inspire for the van. So... Then of course he took me out. To, he flew me out to Shark Tank and got to go out there and see Shark Tank. And I did donuts on the set and wheelchair burnouts. And then I went to his academy. Just a lot of different things. So um, that was another person, and I was able to finally meet them and talk with them and look at the look at the effect that it had on you know long term relationship. Um, mm-hmm. There's yeah, I mean, is there anybody? That's pretty cool. I mean, already that you've been talking, you, you, you wanted to talk to two people and you managed to do it. Like most people never yeah. achieve yeah. that. <laughs> it's really cool that you managed it twice. Yeah, I mean, usually I go right for the person. So if you own a business, like say a big company, and I find out that you're the CEO and I just know I need to talk to you, Maybe you're not the decision maker, though, you know, but I need yeah. to talk to you. You're the product. It's your product. It's your brand. I'll go right to you. I'll find your cell phone. Call you. How's it going? <laughs> Have you ever thought about this? <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny, you know, the 
You know the Ring doorbell? Yeah, the one with the video. Right. I wanted to get surveillance cameras for my my house, like, and I've been researching the Ring. I'm like, what is like? I don't know what to get. I don't know. Like, I'm confused on that part. What fits my needs? What is the right technology for my household? There's no Ring doorbell mentor consultant, right? So I'm looking at the website. And I'm like, okay. And I track his email down. I'm like, I'm just going to email him. I'm just going to email Jamie, the CEO. <laughs> and he replied like in 10 minutes. Nice school. <laughs> he replied back in 10 minutes. And then I sent, and then he, you know, from his reply, I sent another message. Then we had a probably a 45 minute conversation through email. Mm -hmm. And then he sent me a link to, because I want, I'm like, well, I don't have anybody to install it. I don't move from the neck down. So he sent me a link to his, the website called OnTech. And I contacted them. And now I have five cameras on a ring doorbell. Cool. Here we but are. it's not because if, if Jamie never stepped up, though, and re answered me, I probably would not have them, but because of the information that he was able to provide, he valued me as a customer or maybe a, a new, a new person that could be a customer. He was able to give me information enough to where I was comfortable to make the purchase. Mm. My eyes are watering. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I go straight to the person, you know what I mean? I go right. If I find your Facebook page, Watch out. I got you. I'm, I'm coming for you. Who's next? Jeff Bezos? <laughs> I got his email. I've already hit him up plenty of times. <laughs> Never reply. <laughs> but I do say it like in her because I know she's listening. I'm like, Jeff, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to. I use his technology. You know, that's the other thing. It's a great, great the, you know, thing that you just mentioned, Bezos. This type of technology, this smart technology, it's cool and hip and every, you know, like people that just are like, I get to talk and it happens. It's life changing game changer for people that have disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. If a person right now is blind, you know, blah, 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 read such and such book on Audible. Yeah. Well, if a yeah. person needs to turn the TV on like me, Alexa, hey, turn TV on. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, and Jeff's not marketing that. He's missing it. He's yeah. missing it. And I say it all the time. Bezos, if you're listening, you need to do a commercial with that. You need to show how it actually improves the quality of life of a person. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, we see it as a little gimmick and it's just comfort for us, but it's, it's life changing for a lot life of people. Changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, life changing. This technology yeah. costs $20,000, $30,000. Yeah. Just to open your door, open sesame stuff, puff a straw, say a voice command, door opens, door closes. Hmm. This changes now the smart homes. You can change the freaking colors of a light bulb. Yeah. You can, I can turn my coffee pot on. Hmm. I can just say blah, 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 turn, you know, on. Hmm. Starts brewing. Yeah. You know, like I can turn the van on. As long as you got the Wi-Fi. The connection, the TV, the blind, like whatever, the life, like man, yeah, totally changed. Hmm. Life changing. I thought about before, yeah. like it's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just been, something we take for granted yeah. that we see just as a little gimmick, like oh, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's been so amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for being so honest with our questions and for yeah. just sharing everything with us because it's been so eye-opening and so informative to kind of hear it firsthand from someone who's gone through it and the struggles, but also the things that have, you know, the good things that have come out of it as well. It's been really, really inspiring, inspiring. and <laughs> informative and amazing and I've just really enjoyed the conversation so thank you so much for being part of this oh yeah thanks for having me you know, thanks for reaching out um it's if people awesome. want to find you on social media where's the best place if they want to send you a message and say hi or anything uh Eric Patrick Thomas for Facebook and Instagram and then Twitter it's Eric P Thomas okay uh we'll leave that linked obviously in the um description and on the website thing. they can go to inspiredshirt.com I was going to say about that. So people can actually buy your t-shirts and you sell oh. caps and things, right? Different. Yeah, they can go to inspireshirt.com. Mm -hmm. And then speaking of Bezos, we also, uh, Amazon uh, license our designs. Mm -hmm. So you can, we have a brand page. It's called inspire or amazon.com slash inspire shirt. Okay. Amazon.com slash inspire shirt. All right. Perfect. I'll link everything so people can easily find it. Awesome. Yeah, so thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thank you everybody yeah. for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you share it with somebody who might also gain something from this episode. It's been honestly amazing. Everyone has something to gain from it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> make sure you come back next Wednesday for a brand new episode. Make sure you leave us a review if, you, if you've enjoyed this podcast as well. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. All right. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, thank Eric. you. Take care.